Ministering to Families After Suicide on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today, I'm joined with Jim Neuheiser, Associate Professor of Counseling and Practical Theology at the Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Jim is a board member for ACBC, and we are so delighted that he's here to help us walk through a really difficult subject today. Jim, we're so thankful that you're here with us. It's a privilege to be included, although you picked a very difficult subject for me. I will say, as we talk about a difficult subject, uh, I have confidence that you'll help us to walk through this very difficult situation with much grace and truth from the wisdom of God's Word. Amen. Jim, help us to think through when, when a suicide and a crisis like this occurs, when you walk in to that room where the family is, is sitting, as a counselor, what are some of the things that you're evaluating in that room as you're trying to understand what's going on? You know, Dale, the first thing that occurs to me is when I hear of a suicide in a dear friend or someone in our church in terms of their family, I'm tempted to be selfish and think, I'm afraid I'm going to really mess this up. Mm. I'm afraid that if I go, I'm going to say just the wrong thing that they'll tell everybody else. Can you believe what he said? Mm-hmm. And the main first thing I've learned is that when someone close to you has experienced a tragedy like this, you've got to trust God and go. Mm-hmm. You, you draw near to them and you go be with them and... Sometimes you don't know what to say. Just being there and embracing them. I have a friend who just told me last week about a situation where someone went into a situation like this. He just sat down and he just wept and didn't say a mm-hmm. word. And later on, the family said, that's just the best thing anybody could have done for us right then. So mm-hmm. I think Jesus is a savior who was drawn to those who are suffering. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a person who is repulsed by the suffering mm-hmm. of others. Sure. And I have to just remind myself that God has called me, even though it's hard for me, to be like Christ mm-hmm. and to draw near the, to those who are hurting and then pleading with God to help me to say something from his word that can be comforting and encouraging to these people, realizing that if he doesn't help me, I'll make a mess of it. But I've been called to do that, so I'm going. So there's often a different situation in the immediate crisis. I mean, the moment that something like that happens, and you've just described a, a helpful way to think about the ministry of presence, just being with somebody um, in their time of need, weeping with those who weep uh, at moments of great difficulty when there's still a lot of unanswered questions, and, and we might not know the answer to that. But as time begins to pass and you walk with that family, uh, what are some of the, the goals that you're trying to accomplish with that family? I mean, what are some of the things that you're wanting to help them process and work through as they're dealing with some very difficult and strained emotions? I think as you raise the issue of what do you do further down the road, you make an important point because a lot of times when a tragedy takes place, there's immediately a great deal of support and attention. And sometimes people in the initial shock manage it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then it's later, months, even years later, one of my dear friends had his 
adult child take his own life, and the anniversary of it was the second anniversary of it was very recent. Mm. And, uh, it was evident through social media that he and his family are still deeply affected by this. Mm-hmm. And actually, we were with his wife a few months ago and asked how she was, and she started weeping. And to understand that when this happens, the people who are close will be affected for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Their lives will never again quite be the same. And what may seem to be heroic strength in the early going months later they may experience weakness and that sometimes is when we need to be most conscious of our pastoral duty to engage and care and listen and try to give answers from scripture when a when an event like this occurs and and a tragic event at that occurs you know, even the strongest families can be shaken um, from a very sturdy foundation, and their mind just starts to be curious and question and wonder. Um, Jim, talk to us about some of the truths that you bring into that counseling situation to to help re-sturdy uh, that family, because this event has really shaken their foundation. I really love Deuteronomy 29, 29, which says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. And just like you said, people have questions. They've questioned, why did he do this? Or is there something I could have said to her? Is there something I could have done that might have prevented this? And even as we're talking about this, more and more people come into my mind whom I've known. And I've wondered, well, this person reached out to me weeks before. And we don't know the answers to those questions and that there may be many questions people have that in this life will not be answered, but God has revealed many things to us. We, and when the scripture is described to us as profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work, that includes the good work of bearing up under tragedy. Mm-hmm. And so we have to admit we can't answer some of the questions and even mm-hmm. the harder questions of why didn't God prevent this? Mm-hmm. But there are so many truths we can turn to in God's Word that speak to the situation and can offer the help that they need, which is why in all biblical counseling, something to keep in mind is saying biblical things without reading the Bible I don't Mm -hmm. think is nearly as powerful as trying to find things from the Scriptures that speak to them, and that could be the Psalms, which convey the emotion of suffering, but also the wisdom of Scripture in terms of how do I understand very difficult things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we should keep in mind as we, we're working with this family on a continual basis is, and they settle back into a, a routine of some sorts, although it, it, it changes a, a person in some way when they deal with something like this. Um, they're always processing this tragedy, and they're always dealing with some of these issues. And you know, one of the things that we want to do is help to guard them against becoming angry or bitter at God during these situations. What are, what are some of those critical things that you're trying to guard this person's heart with so that they don't uh, use this to respond in a way that's unhealthy uh, toward God? Well, I think in response to what you said is that we're tempted to think untrue thoughts about God. And I think that Satan is a murderer and he is a deceiver, as it mm-hmm. says in John eight forty four. And ultimately, all such death is something that is in his realm. 
And when he murders, then he wants to produce lies that go along with that mm-hmm. and would love to turn people away from the truth. And we need to counteract that with the truth of mm-hmm. who God really is. God is merciful mm-hmm. and good and that he also cares for us as his children. He is our father and that his grace will be sufficient mm-hmm. to help us through this, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So I think some of it is gently replacing the lies of the evil one who is the murderer with the truth of God who mm-hmm. gives life and cares. And as we pray with them, as we read the scriptures with them, uh, but again, recalling who he is and uh, you know, reading the way he is described in the word of God, I guess I would take one step further when you think in Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 2, how we have a Savior who sympathizes with us in our weakness, that Christ knows he cares and he helps. One final thought that I want you to help us work through is this process of grief. And man, when we experience, especially somebody close who loses their life and then after a situation like suicide where they they take their own life, you know, we're reminded in death that death comes because of sin. And uh, as we walk through this process of dealing with the tragedy of death, um, we're to grieve well. It's a reality that we're dealing with, and it reminds us of our own sinfulness and the result of the fall and the consequences that we all endure. How do you help a family walk through this process of grief properly? I think it goes back to where you began, Dale, and that would be you listen. Every family is going to process this in, in different ways. And so in general for me in counseling is, is you, you hear what's coming out of people's hearts, is out of the heart the mouth speaks. You're under, you try to listen rather than having a formula that say, well, these are the five verses or the five points I want to make with every family. There are some families who at a given time may be saying just the right things and relying upon the Word of God, and then later they may struggle with one particular aspect of this. Mm-hmm. There are others who may be tempted to anger with God, and you need to reinforce the, the goodness of God and the fact that, you know, like the par- one of the parables where an enemy has done this. It's not from God's hand. He does not do evil. He does nothing but good. He Mm -hmm. is the giver of life. Every good gift comes from him. But also humbling ourselves before God is that there are many things we don't understand and we just have to be silent and trust him as we draw near to him. We've talked about the way to handle these things scripturally. Give us some resources that that um, help us to think thoroughly about the scriptures related to these types of top topics and how we care well for those who are walking through this uh, very difficult situation. Um, in the series of booklets by Shepherd Press, there's a booklet by Bruce Ray. I think it's like Help Someone I Love Has Committed Suicide or something mm-hmm. like that. Bruce has worked... I think for decades as a police and fire chaplain is often have to go in to inform a family mm-hmm. of a suicide and then try to care for them. And as I've taught about this and I've dealt with situations, I've relied a lot on his expertise. Mm-hmm. And so he would be a, a go-to guy and his material there I think is excellent. And the wisdom he has from dealing with all these situations, that'd be one I would recommend. It's published by Shepherd Press. 
Jim, this conversation is, is so helpful, and we know the longer we, we counsel and with the increasing rates of, of suicide that uh, the Lord may just give us an opportunity to, to minister to a family in a very difficult situation. And, and our conversation today, I think, has been very, very helpful in that, in that process. So, Jim, we're, we're grateful. Well, it's been uh, a privilege to get to talk with you. And you had mentioned that it's the 10th leading cause of death, perhaps, in general. But I think for certain categories of people, it's much, much higher than that for younger people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to have to deal with this, don't counsel. It's something is going to people you counsel, people you know, people you love are going to be touched by this. And we want to minister to them in their sadness and their suffering. And part of the sufficiency of the Word of God is even in probably the situation of all situations, I would least want to counsel. And I still believe the Bible, mm-hmm. applied by the Spirit, is able to help people to endure. And I've seen God do this in the lives of people I dearly love who who don't understand, who are in pain, but they still trust the Lord, and I'm thankful for that. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. October 7th through 9th of 2019, we will be in Memphis, Tennessee for our annual conference. And this year's topic is Valley in the Shadow, suicide, self-harm, and the scriptures and you will find out more information on how to minister to others in these very difficult situations by joining us at that annual conference and you can learn more about that conference and other opportunities for training uh, if you visit our website at biblicalcounseling.com